spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast, and it's my pleasure today to have Kate Dillon as my guest. Kate and I met probably a couple years ago, maybe even three now. Time goes so quick, and I feel like last year I totally lost a whole year or so of reaching out and connecting with my friends, but um, we're going to talk a little bit today about Kate and her business and some fun things that she's had going on in the past year in spite of all the COVID that happened to all of us. So, Kate, welcome to the show. And why don't you start by just sharing a little bit about yourself? Sure. Of course, I'm Kate Dillon, and I do run my own blog and I do separate things. But in motorsports, I own uh, and run CrateInsider.com. I sell race car parts to guys running the crate engines, whether they're dirt or asphalt, but all that circle track stuff. I'm also, I, I know we're going to get to it a little bit more, but you know, the pandemic really, it really changed a lot of things, you know, and you really had to be creative. And I've been doing live video for my channel for Crate Insider since January of 2018, where I started a show called Top 5 Tuesday. So I talk about the top five products of the week and maybe give a tech tip here and there. And I've been doing that almost every Tuesday since January of 2018. Super scary to start it, but worked out good. And then my boyfriend is Steve Hendren from Hendren Racing Engines, and they're the largest crate engine rebuilder in the country. And then because we mentioned the pandemic, I, I like to say that you and I met in the before times, <laughs> so yes. in the before times, be before pandemic. But yeah. um, what was kind of crazy is with all the lockdowns, then uh, Steve was like, yeah, the restaurants are closed. I'm coming to your house. I was like, okay. And, and you know, after we stare at each other for a couple hours, it's like, well, let's just turn the camera on and start uh, talking to our audience. Well, I'd already started a podcast and I hadn't gotten real far with it because it was just yet another thing to do. But with doing a, a live show, we started doing a live show every single Sunday. We take tech questions from the audience. And that then it's even though it's publicized or, or pushed out live on both the Crate Insider Facebook and YouTube channels at the same time, then afterwards we download it and upload the audio to Racing Insiders podcast. So I'm a podcaster. So I sell race car parts. I'm a podcaster. Um, also, because of all the video, I work with Race Logic chassis schools. And the, Brian Littleton has been doing Race Logic for more than 20 years, where he's organized like the top experts in a particular particular niche, whether it's crate lay models or street stocks, he's done modifieds and quarter midgets, and he gathers these experts together for one day or two days, does a live live class with about 100 people, 100 racers, and just that's, that's what he did, and he's done it for 20 years. And even pre-pandemic, so going back to 2020 in that January, they he sold out a class in like 36 hours. I mean, he's putting that class out months in advance, sold out in 36 hours. I mean, there's just only so many seats in a room. And since we've known each other for years, I've been a speaker at his events and we started talking and he's like, well, 
I don't know, do you think you could film the whole thing? And I was like, oh, I guess, I don't know, try. <laughs> so, so I loaded up cameras and, and we did that very first one. And then what's great is the people who are there live get the benefit of being able to ask questions live. And then after the fact, I do, I do edit the videos. I have multiple, multiple camera angles and I split it into the tiny little sections. So it's like, here's the front end setup or the rear end setup. So it's not just like, 12 hours of just monotonous video to climb through, break it down, put it up as an online course. And so that expanded into three classes for 2021. And then now we're already making plans. It's just been, it's been so successful because the racers who are there, they want to listen and they want to engage, but you just cannot take in that much information in, in that period of time. So they get to rewatch and rewind and all of that. Um, and then for people who can't make it, I mean, not everybody can travel to Tennessee. We have Australian customers and people from California, right. so much harder. I mean, all the time and money and expense and the being gone from work and all of that. So you can save so much by just buying the online class and still get a whole lot out of it for that. And that brings us to the last thing that was the other, you know, yeah. I guess this is women in motorsports and I touch on lots of things, but last year, of course, you and I have seen each other in person and that's been at the PRI, uh, PRI trade show in Indianapolis. And then clearly with the pandemic, there was just no way that show could happen last year. I mean, that's a show with 50 to 60,000 people, mm -hmm. international guests. It's, right. I mean, absolutely impossible to do in December of 2020. So although you can't have a trade show with 50 or 60,000 people, you can do one for two or 3,000 people. And we just felt like there was a huge void. I mean, I had manufacturers calling me because I normally do a lot of video. I mean, for me, video is, is really a thing. Um, I do a lot of product videos or interviews with manufacturers. And I got the question, it's like, well, Kate, if there's no PRI, what, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. So somebody had the idea for a trade show. My brother and my dad had done trade shows before and I'd helped them. And so my brother and I decided to work together and put together a racing trade show that happened in Hickory, North Carolina. We did borrow PRI's dates because everybody had that blocked off on their calendar. Right. We planned a trade show in about two months and made it happen. Not one COVID case. We were safe. Um, we were social distanced, we were limited occupancy, but it was an incredible show for both the vendors and for, for the exhibitors and for the attendees. And so we're doing it again in January of 2022. So tell me what I it's called and how do I learn more about it if I want to come and participate? Sure, it's Cars Racing Show. So the Cars stands for Carolina Auto Racing Show. That was what the name originally started and we really felt like it had some brand recognition, even though it had been about seven years from the last show. So carsracingshow.com. And that's where right now, what we're doing is I just opened up exhibitor signups. So we, we first contacted the people who participated last year and allowed them to sign up and keep their booth spot and all. And now we just opened it up to new exhibitors. And then at some point we'll open up like attendee registration so people can pre-register. We'll have hotel information, you know, coming soon, probably by about the end of August so people can make travel plans. That's awesome. So <clears throat> we think PRI is gonna happen this year, maybe, right? They're planning on it. Yeah, we're crossing our fingers. I, yeah, no. I mean, I've already made, I've already made hotel reservations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then this will be coming up in January. Then racing starts in February. 
So it kind of gives us something to look forward to each month, uh, you know, because once Christmas is over, everybody's ready to go back racing, right? We're, we've had our little break and we want to go back. And so these kind of shows where you can meet the exhibitors and you can, you know, talk to, you know, the customers and that if you are an exhibitor, are, are they're priceless. They really are. The face-to-face the -face meeting is amazing and that's the best part of it. I love that. And, and you have to give credit to the fact that we're also in North Carolina. It's going to be warmer than it is up North. Yeah. So, I mean, not always a whole lot, but you know, we don't, we just don't have, um, if we get snow or ice, it's like a major thing. It's like two, maybe a couple times a winter. Um, I'm, I'm from the Midwest as well. I know you're in the Midwest and I grew up in Iowa and Minnesota, but now I, of course I live in North Carolina and you know, you gotta love that. And you just get that energy because racing down in Florida is already starting, mm -hmm. you know, every, I don't know that we even have a week off, um, maybe Christmas and maybe not even PRI week always. Sometimes it's on Snowball yeah. Derby Derby week. So there's just there's just no rest for the wicked here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's and to me that's the best part because you could, if you wanted to travel and you didn't want to miss a week of racing, you could probably go just about somewhere and and get your fix. But um, yeah, the Midwest isn't all that warm in January. So coming to North Carolina or or then going to Daytona in February, that's always a welcome trip for the people that live up north. So for sure. So Kate, you sell yeah. you sell well, part. Go ahead. About that. Go ahead. Um, one thing special about the show that's a little bit different than PRI is that with PRI, we go and we just look at the products. It's right. we can look at them. Um, I mean, you could place an order or something, but one of the unique things about our, but about our show is that we encourage our exhibitors to go ahead and bring product that way racers can see the product. They can want the product, they can buy the product and they can go ahead and walk out the door. And with, especially, so last year it was part of, part of the fact of, you know, what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. And then, you know, thinking about uh, my brother is also in the racing industry. He does wraps for race cars. And of course I sell race car parts and, you know, what's the built benefit. I mean, that's, that's great that I could have a customer, you know, two months from now or placing an order, but I mean, they want it now. So why not just hand it to them so they can walk out the door and go ahead and put it on. And especially with now with shipping prices, the way they are, mm -hmm. I mean, there's, it's ugly and there's yeah. not a darn yeah. thing that I can do about it. So right. I, I feel really grateful about that. And plus you don't have to worry about it getting lost or, yeah. or broken or anything. You have your thing, you can take it home, put it right on your race car and be ready to race. And that makes it a little bit different, but we're not doing, you know, it's, it's not just a bunch of junk, you know, like some, some, I'm not saying counting down anybody's shows. It's not like auction. You know, we might do that as a separate thing at some point, or maybe right. some kind of a little sex swap meet. But for the most part, you're going to be seeing new products, have them available, and be able to buy them right on the spot. Yeah, and that that's a really cool part about that because here's the thing about the PRI and not being able to buy, where yours is a benefit. My son used to always mm -hmm. say, "Time kills deals." So if they come to your booth at PRI and they look at it and they learn about it and they don't place an order, they say, well, I'm going to go home and I'll order it. Yeah, that doesn't always happen. Whereas if you've got the product right there and they can take it home, they're much more likely to buy 
then if they have to go home, remember, place an order, find the paperwork, it tells about it, et cetera, right? So having things available to walk out the door to me is a benefit, you know? I love to go to craft shows. If I had to order something yeah. at a craft show, I wouldn't buy it. But the fact that I can mm -hmm. buy it and take it home. And so I, I think that's just a, a real positive to what your show does. So what are some of the exhibitors? Like if I came to the show, who would I expect to see there? Oh, uh, let's see. I should have a whole list right here. I just don't have it in front of me. But companies like Velocita Suits, um, of course, uh, they do racing suits. We've got a couple of suit manufacturers like Kevin Noose, and we've got um, also TriStar Racewear. We also have both the front, uh, we have KRC Power Steering. Profab does a big booth. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, they were trying to work with toy makers to maybe get the toy makers TV show. I can't really promise anything, but it would really be cool if they do. And of course the, the show is sponsored by Daytona One and Daytona One makes incredible fluids. I mean, from oils to, um, to the different like power steering fluid and transmission fluid and gear oil. The, they've got an engine treatment that is really second to none. Uh, we also have Buzzy Racing that they do a lot with ref refining uh, products. And of course, Crate Insider, my company, you know, a little shameless plug there. there my brother, go. Dirt Wrap, AFCO. AFCO will be there for sure. And uh, let's see, my race pass and Hammond Motorsports out of the Midwest. Dave does some amazing things. Um, Bill Steen or Bill Stein, how you want to say it, but Bill Stein Shocks will be there. Magnus Performance, they do some really nice transmissions um, on, on that. And the rest were kind of kind of filling in. I, I feel like Newsom Raceway Parts will be there and probably Crate Racing USA for a series. So there's a lot, a lot of great folks coming. Yeah, it sounds like it. And if you're a race car owner, driver, whatever, it's you can just never get enough, can you? I mean, a trade show is like, you know, my husband going to Harbor Freight or me going to Hobby Lobby or whatever. You can never get enough, right? And so that's awesome. Well, you're going to do that show. What are the dates in January? Have you got the dates set? Yep, January 7th and 8th. So it's a Friday and a Saturday. And speaking of tools, we have a few different tool manufacturers that are really good too. Um, one of them is Wrench Boss. He does a wrench organizer. That's pretty cool. Bad Dog Tools. They do lots of shows and they've got lots of really cool tools. Um, love them. Four Boys Racing is coming and so is Dirt Car Lift. So with the pit lifts that'll you know lift a race car. We've got the Joy of Seating. So um, Randy from Randy LaJoy and Butler Built. So a lot, lot, I mean, it's, it's gonna be great. And then we're gonna have more. I, I know we're gonna be yeah. surprised by, um, by some of them coming in. We've even got a, a university, so Pit Weld. Um, they do teach welding. So I think okay. there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. 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 I'm getting excited. I'm sitting here thinking, what could the IWMA do? Maybe we should be the official podcast person or something. I don't know. I got to figure out a way to, to get my name in there and get me, me a booth. So I'll think about that. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. for sure. So now yes. Kate, you know, you sell race car parts. That's not a typical business for a woman to own, to even really be knowledgeable, right? As knowledgeable as you are. So how did that all get started? That's a fun story. So actually my degree is interior design. 
<laughs> like, like you would know that. No. And um, so I grew up, my dad was a race car driver. So I grew up around it and you know, like your parent, my parents got divorced. And so we're totally separated. And so it kind of went my own way. And I was just away from racing for many, many, many years. And I went and got a degree in interior design. I worked in architecture. And what I learned in working in architecture and design, as much as I'm a really creative person, I am not as talented as some of the other designers that are out there. I'm just not. But what my wheelhouse is, as I always end up in sales or marketing, and I always end up doing project management. And so rather than like beating myself up about things that I'm, you know, I, I may not be the, the create the shiniest, prettiest things, but I can actually make them happen on time and on budget. So I guess it's a little bit boring, but then um, my dad and my brother with the trade show that they had, they had it with another partner and they were trying to move it. They got the idea or someone gave them the idea to move the show from Hickory, North Carolina to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way that there will ever be a successful race car show in Charlotte, North Carolina, because the Charlotte market will not support a Charlotte show. It just isn't going to happen. So you, it's a surprise because it's really the heart yeah. of all the racing community, but it, it's, it's, a, it's an uphill battle. But um, <laughs> that was a little aside. I probably shouldn't have said that, but it is what it That's is. That's okay. So anyway, um, I, yeah, I knew they were doing that show and they really needed someone to come in and do project management and also someone that wouldn't be afraid to pick up the phone and start making cold calls. And since I'd done sales most of my life, I said, you know, I've, you know, I've gone about as far in this job that I'm doing now. I've, I've you know, I've realized the limits of, of where I'm at with the design and architecture world. I mean, there's always more, but, you know, um, but I was like, you know, here's this opportunity. I can't really pass it up. So I moved from Idaho back to North Carolina to help my dad and my brother with the show. So just, you know, again, it's like the real estate thing. It's like location, 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 yeah. pretty much is like yeah. a first year trade show. It just, it just didn't have the magic. It didn't have the community. It's so much harder to be like downtown. I mean, there's, they had a lot of logistics issues and, you know, we did the show. I thought after that, I was like, I am never, if I never do a trade show again in my life, it will be too soon. So it was such a surprise. But anyway, what happened from there was that I developed all of these relationships with all of these companies and like with these series directors. My brother raced a crate, um, crate late model at that time. It's when I started dating Steve. And of course, he's a crate engine, um, crate engine builder. And I was I was able to have connections with some of the major racing series. So my brother's like, you know, you realize that none of those, all those series directors, they all hate each other but like you get along with all of them. He's like, you should do something with that. So I don't know, I'm just having one of those moments in the shower and I thought of the name Crate Insider. So, I mean, my thing is if I think of a domain name, I just go and buy it. I buy it immediately. I own like 40 domains. I may or may not ever use it. I could just think of the idea. I spend my, you know, $8 or whatever for my domain and don't think about it. Well, then we actually have the trade show. So at the trade show, my boyfriend's brother actually comes to me and he says, you know, my, um, my, our dad, when he was alive, he used to participate in forums a lot and really give, you know, good advice and information to racers. 
And he's like, I can see my brother, you know, really doing something like that. You know, maybe that's something you can talk to him about. You know how that is. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of brothers yeah. talking, the brother right. talks to me so I can talk to his brother, you know. Yep. And um, yep. I was like, yeah, okay, okay. And so after the show, because we weren't going to do the show again, so I don't even have a job anymore because it doesn't even exist. And it was like, well, let's get together and see what we can think about this, this deal. So we got together, the three of us, so me, my boyfriend, and his brother, and we thought of the idea of Crate Insider and that we could be really in the beginning, it was going to be a tech site. We were going to be a tech website with some, you know, the best tech articles all about crates, really to dispel the myths and the rumors and the, and the just trash information, get rid of all the voodoo magic and the fairy dust and all of that. It's going to make our money on advertising. And then it was like, oh, maybe we'll add a store. We'll see what happens. Well, we launched the store in, we launched the website in April 1st. It's always a fun day to remember April Fool's Day. So April 1st of 2014. And about 30 days later, I had the store portion of it up. And while I was you know, actively selling advertising previously, as soon as the store happened, it just took off. And uh, when we used to have like, we used to have different things like a schedule for all these racetracks all over the country. We used to have a forum, but now that there's Facebook and social media forums, you know, unless they were already established, there's there's some great forums out there, but they've been around for 20 years. And without that buy-in, you can't start something new. So this is, this is where we are today. (laughs) Really long version of how we started this business. And I didn't know anything, but what I could see was with the tech articles or then of course they turned into videos. And with that, I, it's always been my goal to make things as simple and straightforward as possible. And so I think my biggest advantage in the racing industry and researching tech articles is because I have no basis of knowledge at all. I'm not a mechanic. So I, I make these guys and, and, you know, you want to talk about being a woman. I think it's a huge advantage because mm-hmm. if I'm on the phone with a manufacturer, let's say I'm talking to a carb guy and he says, well, you know, of course you're going to j- adjust the jets to that, whatever. And I'm like, well, but why, you know, I, I don't understand why you're of course, you know? And so I can dig deeper with, yeah. and they can be like, oh, well, she's a girl. I don't expect her to know anything. Whereas with a guy, they'd be more annoyed by my continuous, continuous questions. So that's my advantage. It it truly is an advantage when you put it that way. And, and then the other side of it is I, I think they're probably more patient with you too, like you said, because they're not expecting you to know. And, and that's the problem. Many times when you're talking with people is you assume they know more maybe than they do. And you're talking over their head and they don't want to act like you're talking over their head and so there's a miscommunication there where you know you're just like hey I don't have a clue you have to start at the bottom and use regular English not all these terms you know and and that's where most people are or at least where they start they don't start knowing everything so I love that about what you do well, you know, a lot of times we talk about, you know, anytime we're talking about digital marketing or, you know, marketing to an audience, we talk about a customer avatar or an ideal customer or something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, who is the audience that you're speak to, speaking to? And like, I would say that your podcast, you're probably mostly speaking to women, mm-hmm. um, some of them in motorsports, some of them perhaps aspiring, like, 
man, you know, wow, there's more than just being a driver or maybe they want to be drivers or at some point when they retire as drivers, what do they want to do? But, you know, that's your avatar. And mine is, I think of that like 19 year old kid in the stands who's been coming with grandpa to the races every week and just wishes and dreams and hopes that someday he can bring the money together so he could have his own race car. Well, even if you have the money, if you don't have the knowledge to be able to put it together, that's the resource I want to be is I want to be like, okay, wow, this great thing. Now, which spark plugs do I need? All right. Which, which oil filter do I need? What's, what's the best oil? And with, with crates, especially we have a low horsepower engine. So we're trying to find every single advantage we possibly can. And we try to stay on top of that. So we save money for people because they don't have to buy the thing two and three times. Um, That's, that's a big piece of it. And, you know, it's, it's so funny. It's, you know, it's men and, and it's a little bit of ego that goes with that, of, that when they're expected to know everything. And in fact, I remember having an argument with Steve and I was like, why do these things not come with directions? And like, this is why I want to make videos. Cause this, why doesn't this come with directions? And his yeah. answer to me was, well, because everybody knows how to do that. And I said, well, I don't know how to do that. No, not everybody knows how to do that. Right. That's absolutely right. I mean, you can't buy anything nowadays with an instruction book. They're either online or, you know, we bought a 2019 Dodge Ram Rebel truck because we wanted to tow. We had a a pull behind camper at the time and it has all this fancy stuff on it and no book. And we had to take it back to the dealership a couple of times to learn how to do the tow mode. And even the guy at the dealership in the service center had to Google it and print something that only the truck dealers get. How do they expect the average person to figure it out? Same way with what you're talking about. The average person just starting getting into racing doesn't have a clue how to adjust this, that, or whatever. And they're, they're very timid, I think, about showing their ignorance when they're new and asking another driver or something about it or not trusting that they'll tell them the truth. You know what I mean? So the fact that they have a resource where it's honest, it's straightforward, it's easy to to follow is a huge benefit. Well, and I think it makes, you know, I'm more and more approachable too. I do answer the phone like all day long. And if I've made a video on it, then I and I have the answers to the questions. I don't pretend to, to be anything else beyond that, what I've researched and learned and, and passed on. But now, you know, if they skip the video and they just call me directly, then I can talk them through it and they don't have to feel like embarrassed or anything. Right. Whereas, in, whereas again, so, I mean, I just, honestly, it's, it comes up sometimes, but I think it's, I just think it's a huge advantage for, yeah. to be a woman in motorsports. I really do. I, I really do too. And I, People are, number one, surprised when they see the, the decal on my truck or they, you know, ask me what I'm doing or I have a race shirt on. And, and they're surprised that it's a woman and interested in motorsports and not my husband. I mean, he is, but not like I am. You know, I'm the sports fan in my house, you know, pro football, NCAA basketball, etc. He would rather watch the Discovery Channel. But it's it's out of the box because they don't realize that there are a lot of women like me that's my avatar mm-hmm. there are women who are passionate about motorsports in a variety of ways and it does surprise people and i love when i 
see that look, you know, that they have about, oh, you're the one that's, this is your business. And, and it's, it's so fun. And I love sharing about my love for motorsports with people. So I, I know you do too. So now Kate, mm -hmm. what's your, what's your plans for down the road, 10 years down the road, what are you going to be doing? Um, I just need a bigger staff because my, the things that I want to do keep stretching farther and wider beyond. Um, so some of the other things I already do too, is I actually build websites for, for other companies. I've built some e-commerce websites in our industry. Mm -hmm. I really want to help out my local community. So one thing I also have is I live in a townhouse and I also rent the two townhouses next to me and they're Airbnbs in Rutherford North Carolina. Um, and I try to promote our local community. I'm actually work, working with a sheriff's candidate now that uh, we, we definitely, I would like to see us make some positive changes in our community. So I'm working with a sheriff's candidate that I believe in and giving him advice on marketing and working on his website and, and all of that. So, you know, that's a, those are projects, passion projects that, um, you know, they take time, but they're important to me. So we still, we do those too. And, and, you know, I guess I see myself probably still selling race car parts, but with a bigger team, we'll probably do more video services because it's just so in demand. Yeah. Um, websites yeah. and other consulting. Yeah. Consulting, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just, just doing what you're doing because it's what you love and just growing, growing your business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, getting an idea, you know, that's the best thing I love about being a business owner is the fact that if I get an idea, I can just go run with it, right. you know, and, and sometimes, and what's, what's great is I've got a really good solid business that supports my day to day. And if I've got a little bit of time here and there, then that allows me to do some other things. I, I need to develop a hobby um, that doesn't, that isn't monetized. It's really hard for me to, like, I can get interested in something and then I'll, okay, whoops, it turned into a business. Um, but I it, actually, there's another business that's coming up, but I can't really release details on the product yet. So there's going to be another one um, added to the okay. list. So I'm going to need more staff. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> you are for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so about... right now it's just me. Yeah. Yeah, it's me and my personal assistant and I have a shipping guy. So it's just the three of us. Okay. Well, it's just me. I know I have some ambassadors, you know, that try to keep up with their tracker series and let me know what women are doing. But basically, social media is how I stay in touch with everybody because they're all around the world in different time zones and all kinds of things. So that makes it kind of hard sometimes. But um, thank goodness for social media. I mean, in that way that I am able to stay in touch. But um, so, you know, we're women in motorsports. Um, there's more and more of us all the time getting involved and, and becoming leaders, I would say, in our certain industries or however we go about that. What, what do you think if you had a woman come to you today and say, I have this idea, I want to do this thing, and what do you think about, you know, me getting into the motorsports field? What would be your suggestions for them? Well, I mean, I think be very, very specific in your niche is really important. I mean, we see that a lot of times when we're talking about just starting a business. Um, I don't try to be, definitely I'm not trying to be everybody, everything to everybody. 
I am authentic. I know like my, my Sunday show, especially like we're drinking beer and Steve swears and a little things get a little off color sometimes, or <laughs> like almost all the time. But you know, that's like, I tell people don't try to be, don't try to be, I don't want to be vanilla ice cream. You know, everybody's Bye. okay with vanilla ice cream, right? I want to be Rocky road cotton candy with sprinkles on top. Yeah. And either you absolutely love that or you cannot walk away fast enough. And that's fine. I mean, there are people that are going to watch our program. We were super political last year, you know, when everything was going down and, mm-hmm. you know, wh- whether you like that or you don't, it was, it was not a show that it, like, it's a show. It is what it is. We're just sitting there drinking beer with our friends. I use that as an example because it's just so um, authenticity slapping you in the face. Cause yeah. all it is, is us sitting, we're sitting on this side of the table drinking beer and there's the camera and that's the third person in the room and whether you know whoever's behind that and we're interacting and all of that and you know I think people try to be too perfect I think Instagram perfect is so three years ago uh I think that I think that ship has sailed I'm not saying Instagram has sailed but I would say that perfection deal and it's almost like it's what's crazy to me is some of these influencers that are are almost like trying to show how imperfect they are and the fact that they're showing that they're imperfect is so fake so it just oh it's all I got I'm just like just just own it just own it and make it real that's it that's that's the big thing but you know find your niche find your niche and 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 dial in you know TikTok is the um uncensored version because you, you get kind of some of the real stuff on TikTok and, you know, I, I got exposed to it by a, a young college student and, and he's like, there's all kinds of racing people showing videos, which there are, and there's videos that I just go right through, but, but it's not perfection and it's people doing dances and just doing all kinds of funny stuff. And it's a nice breath of fresh air that I can just sit and laugh at and not, you know, not look at somebody's, like you said, their Instagram page, and they have the perfect family photo, and the perfect this, and the, per- and it's like, you know, I've got 14 grandkids, if I ever could get all of them in one room together, that would be amazing, and, and, you know, and then to get 14 people to look at the camera, I mean, you know, it's just, it would be hard to do, and, and my, I, I'm not big on Instagram, although I'm trying to be better, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm with you. It's be who you are, be your authentic self. And if they like you or they don't like you, that's up to them, right? But you're going to oh, yeah. have, yeah, yeah you, you have enough followers that you don't need everybody. You just need the ones that buy into what you're doing. Well, yeah, I used to get like, my feelings would be hurt when I'd like get the notification that somebody unsubscribed, you know, or, or I, you know, look at my email campaigns and somebody unsubscribed and I'd be like, oh my gosh, they must not like me anymore. And I'd feel bad. And, but now I've, I call it like they voted themselves off the Island and yeah. tomorrow I could have the most like earth shattering, awesome tip in my next email. And you know what? They're going to miss it. Right. And maybe I sound like a kind of jerk, but I don't care. You know, like you voted yourself off the island. I would say another thing that's really important. It's, I'm going to tell you right now, starting a business is easy. I don't, I'm just going to say it's easy to start a business. 
the hardest piece of business is the growth and the the stages of growth. It's like, it's like short hair and growing out to long hair and it's just awkward and it's messy and it it's just is that's the hard part. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, anybody starting a business, of course, you know, the first thing you're thinking of is, you know, make money or whatever, but think of a, I would, I would give any business owner, the advice is dig a little bit deeper. You know, what are you going to go to? What is your, why, why are you doing this? So when things get tough, you can lean on it. Yeah. And with that, um, you know, you heard a little bit about my, why, I mean, I was, it was really, I, I had some, uh, there was opportunity, but you know, there was just so much bad information that w- you know, was going out people saying, you know, use this magic spark plug or, you know, Hey, yeah, go ahead and run your valve springs for like a hundred races, you know, and just, just trash information, whatever it is. And as I've grown and dug deeper and where we're, you know, really dug deep to what, what makes this so important, you know, you can be like, like I'd explain this to my shipping guy because I could tell he was new and he, um, and being, uh, I guess a millennial, a young millennial, (laughs) and I could tell that his just spirit wasn't in it. And, and I was like, okay, well, he's doing shipping and he's not really under, he doesn't really understand racing. Mm-hmm. And so how can I explain it into a way? And so it made me just kind of do that exercise for myself. It's just so inherent in what I do that I don't think about the why. Yeah. And with having an employee, you know, they've got to feel like there's a good reason to do the things that they're doing. We are not yeah. just Amazon putting things into boxes. Yeah. And what I've really delivered to him is I said, you know, hey, it's, one thing to really understand is racing. This is a lifestyle and it's not just a job, but it's a lifestyle and family bonds are created through racing that are Mm -hmm. unlike any other. Right. And we are supporting bonds of family. You know, there's like my family. I love my family. I really do. But you know, when, when I was growing up, you know, dad's in the shop working on race cars and, you know, my brother's a brat back then and all of that. But, you know, I, I explained like, look at the hours that we spent in the truck together yeah. on the way to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you might have, think about the family time that people have today. Is it quality family time? Not always. But when you've got, if you're going to the races, it's the hours to the track, it's being at the track, all being on the same page, on the same team, rooting for the same, same person, because that's our guy. It's not just dad, it's, it's our guy or or mom, I mean, whichever, and then driving home together, it's the family bonds. And I also said, Hey, the other, the one thing to keep in mind is I'm very proudly selling a whole lot of American products. And yeah, sure, maybe I'm not growing my own food or feeding starving children in Africa, but I'll tell you what, when I promote products, I am selling products from American companies promoting who have American employees and putting food on the tables of American families. That's what we do here. And that, and and I say, just dig deep. Why do you want to be in this business? Mm -hmm. Because it's about, oh, there's a whole lot of dirty work beyond, you know, cute little Instagram photos. Yeah. And you know, when you, when you're a business owner, like I, I mean, I'm not going to say I work 24 seven, but I'm always thinking about who should I call to get on the podcast? Who should I have in the magazine? What events do I need to try to go to? What do I, it's just, it's just all the time. And it doesn't feel like work. Sometimes it feels like work, but most of the time 
it's just part of who I am. And I'm just thinking, oh, I have to send a card to this person, or I need to send a thank you to that person. And, and it's just all the time, but it doesn't feel anything like when I had a job and I had to get up and go to work at a job, which I loved. I loved the job I had, but this is so much better that I'm, you know, talking to women, sharing what they're doing, sharing their stories. And, you know, you're, you're building a business. You're like you said, you're buying American products and those are things that are important. And so we've all got to do our little bit of um, our, our part and to keep everything going and to keep racing out there. Because right now I just, I heard Brad Kozlowski say, there is no better time to buy into or be a part of motorsports than right now, because I mean, yeah. we managed to, to, you know, stay active most of the time through the pandemic. Um, you know, some of my local tracks here in Michigan, no, they weren't able to race, but overall we were the only sport that had some type of activity, even, even though it might've been eye racing for a while. And so now that we are open and people can actually go to the track and watch, I've seen such an increase in attendance and in interest in interest in what I'm doing and in interest, probably what you're doing. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we should be proud to be part of that industry. That's, that's kept things going, even in the worst of times. Well, you know, I think what we've seen, um, I, th I think it was a big learning experience, the, all the lockdowns and everything. Interestingly enough, you being in Michigan and me being in North Carolina and, and um, having um, superstar uh, governors, um, you know, what well, all we did was just go, go across. Mine, mine isn't, mine isn't nearly the superstar yours is, oh, but, yeah. um, but I'm not sure that's bad. what I'd call her, but, uh, we'll just, uh, we'll just leave that right there. She, you know, she campaigned, her whole campaign was, we're going to fix the damn roads. And those are her words oh. and we need yeah. our roads fixed, but I haven't really seen a whole lot of that. So she had, she was consumed by the pandemic and and everything but anyway that's a whole nother subject we could go on and on we better just keep moving yeah <laughs> right well but um but on that you know we couldn't race here either so we just went across the border to south carolina yeah. and just where we're at that's what we did i mean i think what we learned through that i mean as as a people you know what do you think that are really the core necessities you think that well you just need food, water, and shelter. That's what humans need, right? That's, that's all they need. And I would have never placed the value on entertainment and mm -hmm. until hereafter that, you know, until we went through all of that and people were, people need to be engaged with something that's interesting. And even if we, we couldn't necessarily have racing exactly North Carolina or exactly Michigan. I'm really proud of the industry for stepping up and look at all of the, uh, all of the videoed races. Yeah. So maybe you can't yeah. go in person to a place, you know, there were a lot of races that were well without fans, but you could stream it. Yeah. Racing was the only sport that you could stream a live version of yeah. the sport. Whereas I mean, man, poor ESPN is, is putting up, you know, like, here's a basketball game from like 30 years ago. Uh -huh. <laughs> I know. I mean, just anything to fill the airwaves. Yeah. Um, like, just look at the sensation that Kyle Larson became during the right. pandemic. That was insane. 
insane. Um, it was awesome. And, you know, we, we got to get better exposure for racing through that. I mean, I don't, you know, let's have something good, you know, make, make lemonade out of lemons here. Yeah. And, you know, I think it, it brought some interest to even the local tracks. I mean, when you couldn't go to the movie theater, you couldn't go to a football right. game, you couldn't go to a basketball game, literally the only thing you could go do was to go to a race mm -hmm. <laughs> in some places. Yeah. And, and so it was great to be able to expose the sport to some new people and bring that excitement to, yeah. to a new audience. And hopefully we're able to now just keep that going, you know, better, better racing, better events. There's a new car coming out next year for the cup series. There's just all kinds of exciting things happening. And if you just, you know, keep your eye out and stay interested, you know, you can be pretty entertained. Uh, every week there's something new and different that's going on. So I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So it's, I'm going to my first indie race in, um, this week. Oh, that'll be fun. So they're racing yeah. the streets of Nashville. They're actually going to race across Ooh. the bridge, I'm told, which should be just amazing. Um, not sure where my seat is, what I'm going to get to see, but just the fact that Mark and I have not seen an indie race. Um, is going to be so fun and and we're going to do some other fun things while we're there and so um i'm just broadening what i go to what i watch and and i've been watching more of it on tv because i want to know who those drivers are when i get to the race so <laughs> that's that's going to be fun but um yeah. yeah but it's just it's a joy to to meet people like you kate that are involved in motorsports and we can talk to each other and share with each other and i know if if I had an idea, I wanted to run it by somebody, you'd be a great person to do that. And so I, I just appreciate your friendship and that you were willing to be on the on the podcast today. So is there anything we haven't talked about that you would like to share? Like maybe share um, again about your car show, where to go, and then the name of your podcast and where could we find that? Great. So the the show is carsracingshow.com. So C-A-R-S racingshow.com. And then the podcast is Racing Insiders Podcast. And that's racinginsiderspodcast.com. Or you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, any of your mm -hmm. any of your podcast providers like Spotify. Yeah. Um, you can find it over there. Okay. That sounds great. And any other things you'd like to share before we hang up? No, I mean, just check out, um, just check out if you're any of the things that you're interested in, if you want some entrepreneur tips and I do random things myself, um, is katedillon.com. That's my personal website. And I've got a YouTube channel because of course everything has to have a YouTube channel. Exactly. Oh, there's one more thing I forgot to mention. One more thing is I do have another channel. I'd love to reach out to your audience. I have a channel called racing rewind. So if you type in racingrewind.com, it will take you to a YouTube channel. And what I do is people that have old races on VHS tapes, I digitize them and then just put like a little end screen on it and a, just a little title. And I put them onto that YouTube channel. So if you have any races from the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, I'm looking to expand that channel. I give full credit for any kind of collection um, that people that people submit, and it's um, it, that's again, it's just a labor of love that yeah. um, I've got the tools and the equipment, and and I feel like we need to preserve the legacy. Oh, and yeah. I'm still waiting. So if you've got some Iowa Iowa viewers 
My dad is Dick Schiltz and he raced in the seventies and eighties. And I would give anything to see my dad race. Um, I really would. I, I, that would be such a joy. And I know the joy I would feel. And I can only imagine the joy of, of the, the legacy, you know, that uh, racers leave behind. So where would, he have raced, where would he have raced Kate? Oh, uh, Mason city, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, when it was dirt, Dubuque, Muscatine, um, okay. <laughs> all over. All over, All over the place. Iowa. Yep. Okay. Yep. He's in the uh, and he's in the Fairmont, Minnesota Hall of Fame. So that's that's pretty cool too. And his last name is Schiltz. Yep, Schiltz. S C H I L T Z. Okay. So, well, but, I'm going to put that out uh, to my to my you. Iowa people and see if we can get some of that. That would be fun, wouldn't it, to have those? Yes, I, I got one with him racing and I show my dad, I'm all excited and, and, I, and I'm and telling him, hey, I finally found a race that you're in. And he's like, yeah, great. It was one of those races where it was, they brought together all these different classes and the rules that he was following, like put him at a, such a huge disadvantage. Oh. <laughs> like they had a bigger motors. And he's like, really? <laughs> you have to put like my worst race like out there into the public. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, it is it's what it still, is. So. It's to you. It doesn't matter. It was a race that you're yeah. in. So I will, yeah. I'm going to put that out there and see if we can't find some of those, those videos for you. That would be fun to have those. So yeah. awesome. I would love that. So yeah, hit that subscribe button on any of my channels, you know, okay. my Kate Dillon YouTube channel or racing rewind channel. I mean, if you really are racing, if you're not racing a crate engine, that stuff's not really um, applicable, but um, but, you know, check it out. You can see the right. type of videos I do. And and, yeah. if, and I'm yeah. always open if, you know, people want some, some uh, have questions or I can help them okay. with something, you know, just reach out, reach that's out. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. Well, Kate, thank you so much for rescheduling. We had a little issue earlier in the day and I appreciate that we could reschedule and get it recorded tonight. And hopefully I'll see you at PRI or at the car show somewhere this winter. And we'll catch up and, and it'll be great to see you again. So thanks again for being yeah, on Come the down show. to Carolina. I got a place for you to stay. So come on okay. down to Carolina. Okay. <laughs> I may I may have to get get that uh, reserved right away. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Great. Right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.